What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with episode 11 of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be previewing a couple of preseason games for week one of the NFL preseason. I'm going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington football team taking on the New England Patriots, and the Tennessee Titans taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I do plan to preview as many preseason games as possible. I want to get these three done first because I'm going to be packing up my room getting ready to move back into college so I want to get these three up on the channel and on the podcast and then once I get done packing up hopefully I'll still have a little bit more time to preview a couple of the other upcoming preseason matchups for this week now if you are a new listener to the podcast and you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, spotify podcast on google Podcasts. make sure that you go ahead share the podcast on your social media pages with your friends family and acquaintances and also make sure that you guys go ahead and leave a five-star review as well now also Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on my social media platforms. My Instagram and Twitter is both JT Sports underscore. Once again, my Instagram and Twitter is both JT Sports underscore. And also make sure that you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is JT Sports. So let's start off with the Washington football team taking on the New England Patriots. Now, this is a game that I'm really excited to watch. First of all, because I want to see Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a guy who I went to bat for. I felt like he was being extremely underrated and being extremely disrespected during this past year's NFL draft process. And so far, the word on the street has been that Mac Jones has been really impressive. And as a matter of fact, you can make the argument and say that Mac Jones has probably outperformed Cam Newton up to this point of training camp. Now, Mac Jones had a really good mini camp, and he has continued to impress throughout training camp as well. Now, I want to see how Mac Jones is going to perform in his first ever NFL game. Now, this isn't his first official NFL game, but preseason is a really good starting point to figure out how far these rookies are in terms of their development and how far along they are in terms of how much they know of the playbook. And when you look at Mac Jones, Mac Jones has been praised during training camp for his accuracy, his decision-making, which is something that was praised about him when he was coming out of Alabama, how accurate he was and how good he was at making decisions. Now, you look at Cam Newton, on the other hand, we're definitely going to see a good amount of Cam Newton because really what a lot of people thought was that this was Cam Newton's job and there wasn't going to be any quarterback competition. Well, Mac Jones has performed so well. He performed well in minicamp to the point that he has forced a quarterback competition. And you look at Cam Newton, I definitely think that Cam Newton needs to come out and have a really good performance in this game. Now, I'm not saying that Cam Newton isn't the quarterback one. He definitely still is QB1 for right now. But if Cam Newton comes out here and he plays a couple of series and he looks sloppy and doesn't look great, and Mac Jones comes in this game and he outperforms Cam Newton, then I definitely think that's not going to vote well on Cam Newton's end of things. So I definitely feel like it's very important for Cam Newton to get out to a really good start in the first couple of series that he's going to play now when you look at the Washington football team this is a team that has added a lot on the offensive side of the football over this past offseason I'm going to be paying close attention to Taylor Heineke for two reasons first Ryan Fitzpatrick is projected to be the starting quarterback 
okay? But that doesn't mean that Taylor Heineke doesn't have a shot. I definitely feel like Taylor Heineke does have a shot. If he outperforms Ryan Fitzpatrick during the preseason, he could end up being the day one starter for Washington come week one. The downside about that is, is that you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, he probably isn't going to have to prove that much during preseason as long as he comes out and he looks solid. And when you look at Taylor Heineke, another thing is that you don't know if he is going to be your legitimate backup quarterback because you still have to worry about Kyle Allen, who is a guy who has spent some time with Ron Rivera when he was the head coach of Carolina. They actually traded for him an offseason ago. So you also can't sleep on Kyle Allen either. And on top of that, there are some Washington fans out there that think that Taylor Heineke is the future at quarterback for Washington when Ron Fitzpatrick decides to hang it up or Washington decides to move on from him after this season. So I think that this is a very good chance to see Taylor Heineke in terms of how far he is in his development because he had a really good playoff game against the Tempe Buccaneers. He exceeded everybody's expectations. So I want to see how good he's going to perform in this preseason game. Now, when you look at Washington, they have a couple of position battles that I'm going to be paying close attention to. The first one is going to be free safety. You got Bobby McCain, you got DeSager Everett, and you got Jeremy Reeves. Now, I'm a big fan of DeSager Everett. I think he does have a lot of athleticism, a lot of great traits, but Bobby McCain is a veteran. He's been around the block for a while. Bobby McCain is the favorite. And a lot of people's eyes end up winning that starting free safety job. But don't sleep on DeSager Everett. Also, who is going to be wide receiver three and wide receiver four on this team behind Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin? You brought in Curtis Samuel. Now, I don't know if Curtis Samuel is going to play slot or if he is going to play outside. If Curtis Samuel is playing outside wide receiver, then I definitely think that we're going to see Adam Humphreys get a lot of playing time in the slot. But if they decide to move Curtis Samuel and continue to allow him to play slot receiver, then I think that opens up a lot of possibilities in terms of who can be the third and fourth wide receiver on the dev chart for Washington. You got Kevin Harmon, you got rookie Dami Brown out of UNC. I'm really excited to see him perform in this game. This guy was one of the more explosive and electric wide receivers in all of college football last year. I thought he should have been a late round, a late first round pick, but you end up falling to Washington in the later rounds. You got Cam Sams. You have Antonio Gandy-Golden, who has a lot of pressure to perform this off this preseason because he is a guy who possibly could be on the chopping block because he was drafted by Washington not too long ago out of Liberty. He was supposed to be this next great big body wide receiver who was great catching the 50-50 balls downfield and he's kind of struggled to stay healthy due to injuries. Then you also got Steve Sims as well. So there is a lot of competition when it comes to who's going to be the wide receiver three and the wide receiver four on this roster. Now I know I'm I'm leaving out a couple of guys, but those are some of the marquee names that I'm going to be paying close attention to. When you look at New England, we already touched on the quarterback battle for QB1 between Cam Newton and Mac Jones. As of right now, it still is Cam Newton's job to lose. He still is QB1, and I expect him to start the opening series of this game. Now, for New England, like Washington, they have questions when it comes to who's going to be discern wide receivers on their dev chart. Now for Washington, we know that Terry McLaurin is going to be their number one and Curtis Samuel is going to be their number two. New England, 
for right now, we don't know who's going to be their wide receiver one, wide receiver two, three, or four for that matter. Now, Nelson Aguilar started training camp out really hot, but from the reports that I have gathered over the last two days, Nelson Aguilar has kind of died down some. He isn't, you know, as good now like he was when training camp initially started for New England. Same thing with Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne also started training camp out for New England on a really high note. Now he has kind of fizzled down some. So I think that opens up a door for Nikhil Harry. Now Nikhil Harry also has performed pretty well throughout training camp for New England. And I think that we could see Nikhil Harry surprise a lot of people. And he probably could end up being the wide receiver too on this roster. And you got to remember... That Nikhil Harry, his agent, before training camp began, like two, three weeks ago, came out and said that they are requesting a trade because they want Nikhil Harry to get some more opportunities. Well, you look at Nikhil Harry right now, if he balls out in this game against Washington and he continues to develop and he continues to improve then I think Nikhil Harry probably is not only going to remain a New England Patriot, but we may likely see him start week one for the Patriots because I've seen a lot of good reports about Nikhil Harry's performance during training camp for New England. Now, I don't know if New England and New England beat writers and people who cover the New England Patriots are trying to help the New England Patriots out and gas up Nikhil Harry so he makes... Um, a more appeasing offer to other teams who are trying to trade for him. I don't know if the Patriots are trying to overgas him or overhype him up so he can be more easier to trade and get better compensation. Or I don't know if Nikhil Harry is legitimately balling out because when it comes to training camp, you you're basically taking everything for gain a grain of salt. Me personally, I'm somebody who likes to see what players do on the field. Okay, I'm not at every single team's training camp. I can't cover all 32 NFL teams rapidly every single day when it comes to training camp. So the best I can do is see what these guys do on the field with the limited amount of opportunities that they have. So I'm really interested in seeing how Nikhil Harry performs during this preseason game against Washington because I've heard a lot of good things about him throughout training camp so far for the Patriots. Then you have Jacoby Myers. Now, Jacoby Myers was the best wide receiver on this team last season. Now, I expect him to probably be a lock for wide receiver two or wide receiver one. I think his job isn't in jeopardy but when it comes to the other three wide receiver spots wide receiver one two three and four um it's a mystery so my players to watch for both of these two teams for the patriots i'm definitely going to be watching mac jones i want to see how mac jones looks because it's all good to perform well during training camp and mini camp but at the end of the day i want to see what mac jones is going to do against some competition other than his teammates now for washington i'm looking at quarterback taylor heineke taylor heineke has had an up and down training camp for washington he's had some good days and he's also had some bad days so i want to see how he looks in this game halfback damian harris the running back room is a really interesting discussion when it comes to the New England Patriots because you have James White, you have Sony Michelle, you have Damian Harris, you got rookie Rahamdre Stevenson. There's a lot of talent in the running back room for New England, but a lot of Patriots fans believe that Damian Harris could be the guy who ends up breaking out this year and ends up taking over that number one running back spot for New England. So I want to see how he's going to do in this game. 
Then you got Nikhil Harry. Like I said earlier, Nikhil Harry has been really solid for the Patriots during training camp. He's made a lot of good plays. He's caught in a lot of good passes. I want to see if he's going to be able to put it all together and have a really nice performance. Then you have rookie safety who the Patriots drafted at the time last year who was a rookie. He's now going into his second year, Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar. Didn't really get to see a lot out of film during his rookie season. Hopefully, we get to see a good amount of film during this preseason game against Washington, which I believe that we will. Then, the last player that I'm going to be watching is going to be rookie wide receiver Dami Brown. Dami Brown is really good after the catch. He has really good hands. I want to see what he's going to do against New England. So, this is it for my New England Patriots versus the Washington football team preview. Normally, I would give you guys a prediction who I think is going to win, but since this is a preseason game, there's no point in me giving you guys a prediction. So you guys let me know what are some things that you're going to be watching down in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And let me know some position battles that you're interested in looking at and some key players that you think could end up having a really good performance this game or players that have to come out and prove that they deserve to be on this team. Next up. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game a couple of days ago. They defeated the Dallas Cowboys 16-3. When you look at Philadelphia, there are a lot of concerns when it comes to the future of the quarterback position. Okay, because there was a rumor that came out a couple of days ago that the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans were extremely close to coming to terms on a deal when it came to trading for franchise and star quarterback Deshaun Watson. Well, apparently those talks have now kind of died down for the Houston Texans because now they're kind of trying to think about if they do want to trade Deshaun Watson or if they still want to try to see if they can mend their relationship and try to keep Deshaun Watson on the team. Now, the guy who has the most to prove is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts cannot have a bad practice. He can't have a bad preseason game because he has a lot at stake for him because he's trying to prove to Philadelphia that he indeed is the guy to lead this franchise for the next decade and that they don't have no reason to trade for Deshaun Watson. So for Jalen Hurts, man, like this guy has to come out here. He has to perform. And he has to do it quickly. And he's probably not going to get a lot of downs. I think there probably leave him in for the majority of the first quarter but after that I don't think we're going to see that much of Jalen Hurts but I don't know I could be wrong there hasn't really been an official statement in terms of the game plan when it comes to how many snaps Jalen Hurts is going to get but I do believe that Philadelphia will leave him in for a good amount but not too long because he still is projected to be the starting quarterback then when you look at the quarterback situation for Pittsburgh now we know Big Ben is the guy don't know if Big Ben is going to play in this game or not but the quarterback battle for the back of quarterback spot is really heating up because Mason Rudolph hasn't really been all that great throughout training camp for Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, his performance during training camp has been not all that great. It's been non-stellar to say the least. Then you look at Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins has been pretty good throughout training camp and he had a pretty nice performance against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I wasn't blown away by anything that Dwayne Haskins did he did lead a nice touchdown drive he didn't throw a touchdown on that drive but ended up getting ran in by Kalen Balaj I believe then you got Joshua Dobbs Joshua Dobbs wasn't in the game as long as Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph were but he did make the most out of the opportunity given to him 
in the majority of the fourth quarter and i was really impressed i liked the mobility that he showed the ability to move outside of the pocket and extend plays he also threw a nice touchdown inside of the red zone so i want to see joshua dobbs get a little bit more playing time in this game you look at mason rudolph he definitely has to have a really good performance and his performance against dallas wasn't bad but when you look at how he's performed during training camp, he's been kind of underwhelming. So I think that this is a really big game for him because if Dwayne Haskins or Joshua Dobbs continues to perform the way that they did last week against Dallas, then we could see Mason Rudolph continue to decline down further in the depth chart. Now, when you look at the wide receiver core for Philadelphia, you're not going to have Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is most likely not going to play in this game due to injury. So you got Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward Jr., John Hightower, J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, and probably some other guys as well. And for Nick Sirianni, you want to see what you have out of your wide receivers. You have a lot of talented wide receivers on this team that are extremely young. I'm really excited to see John Hightower. John Hightower coming out of Boise State was a speedster. He had a lot of the Sean Jackson comparisons coming out of college. But we didn't really see that much of them, out of him last year. He didn't really get a lot of opportunities. So I want to see him get a good amount of reps and a good amount of snaps in this preseason game to show everybody what he's capable of. Now, J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside, if you're looking at a guy who has more pressure to perform other than Jalen Hurst on Philadelphia, look no further than J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside because the Philadelphia Eagles invested a pretty high draft pick in J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside a couple of years back. And so far, he hasn't materialized into what they thought he would become. So when you look at J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, he's definitely on the bubble when it comes to being one of the first guys who could end up getting cut. So he has to have a very impressive game. Then you got Jalen Rager. Now, Jalen Rager isn't on the chopping block. He's not going to get cut, but he is in the battle to see if he's going to be that number two or number three wide receiver. Now, there are some Philadelphia Eagles fans who have been telling me that potentially Jalen Rager could move in and play slot this year. Now, I'm really interested to see if that does happen, but Jalen Rager definitely does have that versatility that he can play slot, and I think as a matter of fact, he probably would be a better slot receiver than he would be as an outside receiver. So in Jalen Rager's case, I think that this is going to be a interesting game to see how Philadelphia is going to utilize Jalen Rager. Are they going to start him out at slot? Are they going to have him in slot certain formations, or is he just strictly going to play on the outside? Also, for Philadelphia, moving on to the defensive side of the football, how is the death at corner looking? Because outside of Darius Slay and newly signed cornerback Steven Nelson, you don't have any notable names that Eagles fans probably feel comfortable at. Now, a guy who I'm really high on is rookie cornerback Zach McPherson. Now, I haven't really heard anything about Zach McPherson coming out of training camp. And that's not good or bad. It's just the fact that, you know, there's so many guys that people have to look out for that there are some guys who don't really get talked about it much, which is weird because Philadelphia did spend a draft pick on Zach McPherson. So I'm a little bit surprised I haven't really been able to dig up too much information about how he's been performing throughout training camp. But he's definitely going to get a good amount of playing time in this game. As a matter of fact, he's probably going to play 70% in this game. They'll probably leave the starters in for a little bit. But maybe Steven Nelson or Darius Slay may not play at all. We may see Zach McPherson start the game out right out the gate so I want to see how he's going to perform because I really liked him a lot coming out of Texas Tech then 
when you look at Philadelphia, I want to see how this linebacker unit is going to look because linebacker has been the Achilles heel of this defense for over the last couple of years. And I want to see how improved the linebacker core looks and how much depth they have at linebacker this season. So the players that I'm going to be watching in this game for both teams, definitely going to be keeping my eyes on on Jalen Hurts. Carryon Johnson, really interesting. He was let go by the Detroit Lions there in the middle portion of the offseason. He was picked up by Philadelphia, and I think that he can be a good backup behind Miles Sanders. I want to see how he performs. Carryon Johnson is not a bad running back. The thing with Carryon Johnson is simply the fact that he cannot stay healthy. He's really good catching the ball out of the backfield. He has really good hands. He's also a really patient runner. When Carryon Johnson is healthy and he's on the field, he can definitely produce. I want to see what he does in this game. Already mentioned Zach McPherson. Really interesting to see what he does. I think he could end up being a stuff for Philadelphia, but that remains to be seen. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins had a pretty solid performance against the Dallas Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game a couple of days ago. I to see if he's going to be able to keep up the momentum and if he's going to be able to continue to try to push for that backup quarterback spot with Mason Rudolph behind Ben Roethlisberger. Then you have Anthony McFarlane. I don't care what the stats show. Anthony Anthony McFarlane to me looked like a way better back there in the preseason game against Dallas than what he looked last year because last year man like he was just not impressive. And that preseason game against Dallas, I like what I saw out of Anthony McFarlane. And like I said, I don't care what the stats show. You got to take everything into context. The stats can't really, been, can't really be that big of an equation in determining how good a player is going to perform. Because you got to remember, these guys aren't playing behind the best offensive line. They're playing behind third and fourth string practice squad offensive linemen. So you're not going to get the best blocking. So you got to take everything into context. And when I saw Anthony McFarlane in a few downs that he got last week against Dallas, I was impressed. I really was. So... I'm interested to see what Anthony McFarlane does in this game. Joshua Dobbs, really good fourth quarter. Didn't really get a lot of playing time like Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins received. But I was really impressed with how Josh Dobbs performed. And a lot of people have been sleeping on Joshua Dobbs in terms of this backup quarterback battle and who can be the quarterback of the future for Pittsburgh, myself included. A lot of people are definitely forgetting that Joshua Dobbs is the most athletic quarterback in this quarterback room for Pittsburgh. So I want to see how he performs in this game. James Pierre for Pittsburgh. He had a pretty nice performance against Dallas. Okay, now he did get beat on a couple of passes, but he also made a couple of good plays as well. Then safety... Rookie Donovan Steiner. Now, Donovan Steiner was a guy who I didn't really know anything about before training camp, mini camp, anything. Well, he made his presence felt against the Dallas Cowboys because he caught an interception. So I want to see how he performs in this game along with the other Pittsburgh Steelers game, um, Pittsburgh Steelers players who are going to be playing in this game as well. And then you look at Quincy Roche. Quincy Roche also had a pretty nice performance against the Dallas Cowboys. So these are my players that I'm going to be watching for both two teams in this matchup. You guys let me know some of the players that you're going to be watching down in the comment section down below. Now, the last game that I want to preview on this episode of the JT Sports Podcast are the Tennessee Titans taking on the Atlanta Falcons? This game is going to be played 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. When you look at Tennessee, their offense is absolutely loaded. You got Julio Jones, you got AJ Brown, you got Derrick Henry, you got Ryan Tannehill. But 
what a lot of people are not talking about are the guys behind Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Now, who is going to be the wide receiver four and five behind Julio and A.J. Brown? Now, you do got Reynolds there. You got Cameron Batson. You got Chester Rogers. You got Cody Hollister. But I definitely feel like death is really important. And a lot of people overlook death. Because you got to remember that injuries happen. So if Julio Jones or A.J. Brown, God forbid, happen to go down with an injury, who are going to be the other guys in this roster who are going to be able to fill in and produce? So a lot of people definitely overlook death around this time. And death is really important, which is one of the biggest reasons why I love watching the preseason. So I want to see the talent that the wide receiver core has behind Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Because we already know what those guys can do. But I want to see what a guy like a Cameron Batson can do or a Chester Rogers. Also, am really interested in seeing how this tight end position plays out. Because you lost John Lou Smith, who was the best tight end on your roster last year. I want to see... Who's going to be the next tight end to step up and make their presence felt in this offense? Then, cornerback for both teams is a concern. Now, for Tennessee, you have town that corner. You have Caleb Farley. Still don't know when he's going to be able to participate, but I doubt he'll play in this game. You do got Janoris Jenkins, who you signed in free agency from the New Orleans Saints. Rookie cornerback Elijah Molden is a really interesting player because he can do a lot of things. You can line him at safety, slot, and outside corner. So he's like your modern-day hybrid safety who can play down the line of scrimmage. He can play safety. He can play like somewhat of a hybrid linebacker role and nickel and dime packages. Or he can play slot corner or outside corner. So I want to see what Elijah Molden does in this game. You got Christian Fulton. Now for Atlanta... You don't know who the hell is going to be your cornerback one, your cornerback two, your cornerback three. Like We have no idea. You do have Kendall Sheffield. You got Isaiah Oliver. You got A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell had a pretty solid rookie season. Now, I know a lot of Falcons fans may not have been impressed with how A.J. Terrell played last year, but if there was to be a redraft of the 2020 NFL draft, I believe A.J. Terrell still would have went in the first round. Now, he wouldn't have went as high as what he did. He probably would have went in the back end if there was a redraft, but I still felt like A.J. Terrell had a pretty okay rookie season. I want to see how he takes that next step this year. You got rookie Darren Hall, rookie Avery Williams, so you don't really know how the cornerback position is going to shape out for Atlanta. I pretty much think that every single job on the Falcons defense outside of Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett's spot is up for grabs because this defense was not good last year, especially the secondary. The secondary was a key Achilles heel. You also got to look at the safety position for Atlanta. You got Eric Harris, Deron Harmon, Jalen Hawkins, and you got rookie Richie Grant out of UCF. Now, I believe that Richie Grant is going to be starting at one of those two safety spots for the Atlanta Falcons. Richie Grant was really good when he played for UCF. The only thing that I had against Richie Grant is the fact that sometimes he would tend to be too aggressive and he would end up being overly aggressive to the point that he would blow a coverage assignment. So, I'm really excited to watch Richie Grant. I think that Richie Grant, if he ends up getting the starting job for Atlanta, he could be a dark horse contender to win Defensive Rookie of the Year this year. I think he could have a season that Antoine Winfield had for the Tempe Buccaneers last year in 2020. Now, of course, 
the main attraction that everybody wants to see for Atlanta. You're like, JT, okay, I understand Atlanta has, you know, some things that have to be worked out with the secondary. But damn it, JT, talk about Kyle Pitts. Talk about the new flashy Lamborghini, the new flashy Ferrari that we have, the Lambo truck per se, that is Kyle Pitts. Now, Kyle Pitts has been making a lot of plays for Atlanta. I've been seeing a lot of highlights of Kyle Pitts in training camp on the Atlanta Falcons social media platforms. A lot of people are excited about this guy. I want to see what he's going to do in the preseason action. Now, normally... You don't really see a lot of wide receivers and tight ends going off in the preseason because the majority of times, these guys don't really have great quarterback play. So I want to see what Kyle Pitts is going to do, man. Like, I need one big play out of Kyle Pitts in this game. I don't need Kyle Pitts to go off. I don't need him to have 100 receptions. I don't need him to have the greatest preseason debut in NFL history. I just want to see Kyle Pitts make one good play. That's all I need out of Kyle Pitts and I'll be satisfied. Now, I don't know how many downs Kyle Pitts is going to receive in this game. I'm expecting Kyle Pitts to probably have at least like 10, 15 plays in this game. And I think Atlanta is going to try to target him on the first couple of plays that he's in the game just to see what he can do. Nextly, who's going to be the backup running back behind Mike Davis for the Falcons this year? You got Cordell Patterson, who is more of a special teamer. He's more of a return guy and a specialist. But you also can implement him in some trick plays. You got Quadre Arlinson. You got rookie Javon Hawkins out of Louisville. A lot of Falcons fans are really excited about him. He's like a pinball. He's really hard to bring down. He's not the biggest guy, but he's really elusive. Then you got rookie Caleb Huntley. So... The running back room behind Mike Davis is something that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. And when I, when I look at some key players to watch for both these two teams, for the Falcons, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks had a really good season last year for Arkansas. He was part of, you know, starting out the new era of the rebuild, per se, for Arkansas. He was really solid. He has incredible size. And this guy has a rocket for arm. He also is a pretty solid athlete. So I want to see how he performs in this game. If he's able to get a couple of plays in this game. We probably won't see him play until later on. Then I'm looking at wide receiver Amale Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a really good preseason game. Uh, a couple of years back when they faced the Devil Broncos, I was really excited about him. And he also made a couple of plays during the regular season. Everybody's talking about who's going to replace Julio. Everybody's talking about Calvin Ridley. But I'm lazy. Kiss is a guy who a lot of people are heavily sleeping on. I want to see what he does in this game. You got rookie guard Jalen Mayfield. Some people think he could be the starter on this offensive line. Some people think that he probably needs a year. I felt he was a first-round talent. Some people felt like he was like a fourth or mid-rounder. He was a little bit raw, needed some more polish to his game. But I think he's a really good fit in the Falcons' offense. Then lastly, I'm going to be looking at rookie safety, Richie Grant. We're definitely going to be seeing a lot of Richie Grant in this game. For Tennessee, not really a lot of players that I'm going to be watching as much as the Falcon players that I'm going to be watching. The majority of players that I'm watching for the Tennessee Titans in this game is going to be on the defense side of football. Definitely going to be keeping my eyes out for cornerback Elijah Molden. Like I said, he reminds me a lot of Tyran Matthew. Not that athlete that Tyran Matthew was when he was coming out of LSU, but I do see a lot of similar traits with their ability to both be able to play multiple positions, outside corner, slot corner, linebacker in certain packages, nickel and dime situations. So you got a lot of versatility that Elijah Molden brings. Then you got rookie linebacker Monte Rice out of Georgia. Monte Rice... 
isn't the most freakish athletic guy, but he's really smart. He has good instincts. And he's a high IQ guy, which is something that Mike Vrabel wants out of his linebackers. He wants his linebackers to be able to understand the game and understand what's going on around them. And Monte Rice is definitely a Mike Vrabel caliber linebacker. So I want to see how he performs in this game. And overall, I'm, I think that this is probably one of the more underrated preseason matchups that some people should be watching. And for Tennessee, I can't forget about the backup quarterback spot. You don't really know who's going to be your backup quarterback behind Ryan Tannehill. So I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Tennessee Titans taking on the Atlanta Falcons. What are going to be some of the things that you're going to be watching? Some position battles that could be taking place in this game that you're going to be keeping your eye on. And what are some players that you're also going to be watching in this game also? So... Make sure that you guys go ahead, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and I appreciate you for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And for those of you guys who are listening on all of the podcasts and platforms, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, make sure that you guys go ahead and leave a five-star review on the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it, and I will be back shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. All right, so we have some breaking news that we have to talk about. According to Adam Schefter, wide receiver James Washington has requested a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers due to lack of playing time. Now, if you are a Steelers fan, this news should not be a surprise to you. As a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, back in May or June, I said that I expect James Washington to ask for a trade at some point, rather that be before the season or during the season, because there's just a lot of talent at wide receiver on the Steelers roster. You have Deontay Johnson, you have Judas Schuster, you have Chase Claypool, and James Washington is the odd man out. He's the wide receiver four currently on the roster, and he is really good. He's really underrated. I think if James Washington was given the opportunity to be your second wide receiver on another team, I think he could have a similar career to Emmanuel Sanders. Remember, Emmanuel Sanders was in a similar spot that James Washington is in right now. Remember when James Washington was first drafted by the Steelers in the second round in 2018, he was supposed to be a great deep threat. And I think he has lived up to that level of expectation. But then you also got to remember that the Steelers have continued to draft well and have continued to add talent in the wide receiver room. So really for James Washington, Okay, he has made some really phenomenal plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the last couple of years. I think he was probably the most consistent wide receiver on the Steelers roster last season in 2020. Now, when you look at Emmanuel Sanders, he had a similar situation with Pittsburgh where he was kind of behind some big names on the depth chart at the time. I believe you had Mike Wallace when Mike Wallace was really good. You had Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders was kind of the odd man out. Well, Emmanuel Sanders left Pittsburgh and joined the Denver Broncos and he had a really good career after. He was a pro bowler with Denver playing along with Peyton Manning and a really great offense. Then he had a really great season with the 49ers. He had a really good season with the New Orleans Saints last year now he's with the Buffalo Bills so Emmanuel Sanders has had a really good career after parting ways with the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think James Washington can have a similar career similar to Emmanuel Sanders 
He is a really great, great deep threat. He has really good hands. Like if you give James Washington to be your wide receiver too, he's going to produce. And I really believe that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they want to keep James Washington. And I I can't respect this trade request. You see, there are a lot of players who request trades and want now mainly due to contract issues or them not just being happy with the team. And when you look at James Washington, like I can look at this trade and I can say, you know, I don't want to see you go, but I can respect this. Okay, there are trades out there that a lot of players always want to get traded due to contract disputes and whatnot. But James Washington just wants the opportunity to get more playing time. And I can understand this. And I definitely think that Pittsburgh can get some pretty good compensation for James Washington. I think they can get a second round pick or third round pick for James Washington. Now, a second round pick may be stretching it, but I definitely think they should be able to get a third or fourth round pick in return for James Washington. So now you're going to be asking the question, okay JT James Washington wants to get traded where are the Steelers going to trade him to well I think there's a lot of teams out there that could definitely be in the market for him definitely Philadelphia should be in the market Devontae Smith is currently injured right now but he should be ready to go come week one you don't really have a lot of certainty there when it comes to the other wide receiver position so I think James Washington could be a really good fit with the Philadelphia Eagles the Indianapolis Colts could be another great place for him they don't really have that much depth at wide receiver outside of Zach Pascal T.Y. Hilton Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman I definitely feel like they could use James Washington there you also have the Detroit Lions I think that James Washington would be a really good fit for the Detroit Lions because you don't really have anybody you have Amar Ross Brown you have Tyrell Williams and after that your wide receiver core is really shaky the 49ers could look to trade for him to add some more depth because they are extremely top heavy outside of Brandon Nayuk and Debo Samuel is not a lot of depth there so I think there's definitely going to be a market for James Washington this guy is a really good deep threat he has been really solid for Pittsburgh and if he was given the opportunity to be a wide receiver too I definitely feel like he could be a Pro Bowl caliber player so you guys let me know down in the comment section down below how you guys feel about James Washington asking for a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers make sure that you guys like the video subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and content and thanks for watching